Welcome to Movie Film Studios, the only podcast that takes you inside the mind of two film studio executives as we unravel and then re-ravel the best that Hollywood has to offer. I'm Isaac. And I'm AJ, and today we're unceremoniously ejected from the Movie Film Studio Memorial Theatre. It's a sad, sad day, ladies and gentlemen. The lawyers have asked us. It, I mean, it's been building for a long time, and yeah. I've been sort of looking down at the many, many floors of lawyers and thinking, what? what is going to be the catalyst for them finally sort of taking over. Yep. And it was Dave. It was Dave. Last week, uh, we brought in an executive from Sydney down under films, mm-hmm. uh, thinking that we would uh, acquire the intellectual property, but it's backfired on us. Mm-hmm. He has acquired our business. He's acquired all of our assets, all of yep. our intellectual properties. Yep. Left us with the name Movie Film Studios. Yep. Rebranded that 53-story building with all the lawyers as Sydney down under films. Yes. And, um, and we're... Back to basics, back to square one. This, I mean, we've done this before. Mm-hmm. We originally started as, as two uh, film studio executives in a small room just discussing film ideas. Yes. And that's just where we and are you at grow the from the, You grow from there. Like, and if Hollywood teaches me anything, it's that uh, if you get knocked back, you can climb the ladder again and reach the top. Exactly. It's the Hollywood success story that everyone's been looking for, right? So what does that mean for us? It means that... Uh, we don't have any of our assets anymore. We don't have uh, 50 Floors of Lawyers. We certainly don't have a green room anymore. No. Uh, we don't have a memorial theatre, unfortunately. And as a result, we weren't able to really watch an entire film today. Well, I mean, really, they've they've adopted our business practice they have, of, of yes. watching uh, Blu-ray release films, discussing them, finding out the core of what makes those films tick, mm. and then making those films. We're going to go one step ahead of them. Yeah. Um, why wait for a film to... to be released on blu-ray why even wait for it to to come out at the cinema yeah why not just use trailers yeah as the impetus for our films and beat other studios as well as sydney down under films to the market that's right and i mean it's got i mean we don't have a memorial theater anymore that's a little bit you know that's can't right. can't watch those things on the the big screen and yep. whilst we may be relegated to to watching trailers on yep. youtube mm-hmm. to find out what's going on in the the hollywood world out there yep. that's fine we will take what we've got. Yep. Um, the Wi-Fi here might not be very good. <laughs> the trailers might buffer every like 30 seconds or so, but that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. It gives us a little bit of a, a chance as well while it's buffering to think about it, think about what we've seen, how we're going to take it and morph it into something that is our own and beat our competition. Exactly. So as a result, we don't have a box office report for you this week because no. it's not our film yeah. anymore. I mean, that's uh, uh, Wombat Barnes. Wombat Barnes, And the yeah. Cave of the Cryptocurrency. Correct, uh, yes. Yeah, uh, that's we we don't get the spreadsheet report of no, how many ticket sales. Luckily, we do hold on to the licensing for all of our existing films, um, so all of those are coming with we us. Don't, I mean, yeah, we don't own the intellectual property, but Mufasa Wudududa yes. um, has a, a licensing agreement to stream those films, Indeed. so you can still watch them. Yes. Um, again, our server is just a, an old uh, <laughs> old PC we've hooked up uh, to the really bad Wi-Fi. So yep. if you think that if we think the buffering is bad on YouTube, wait till you try and watch anything on Mufasa Wudududa. Um, but we have to start somewhere. Exactly, we have to start somewhere. And look. All power to Dave, and obviously that company now also has Kieran and Kieran's mum. Yeah. Um, but all power to them. Uh, I wish them the very best of luck. I'm not bitter about this at all. I feel that sometimes a fresh start is what you need. Exactly. Clean Just what slate. the doctor's ordered. Yep. Uh, to that end, what we have for you today is a lineup of trailers that we've uh, sat down and watched. 
so what's our first cab off the ranks there? All right. So what the first the first actual trailer yes. uh, off the uh, off the rank is a film called Game Night. Yes. Uh, starring our good friends Jason Bateman mm-hmm. and Rachel McAdams. Yes, indeed. So the concept of this film is that it's a couple and their friends who engage in a sort of once a week game night. Board games. Where they play evening, board yeah. games and all sorts of other types of games. And then one night... Uh, Kyle Chandler. Yep. So, fr- uh, coach from Friday Night Lights. Yes, and indeed. And the early edition where he got the newspaper before anyone else and yep. spent the day trying to solve all the world's problems. Yes, indeed. And a bunch of other films you've definitely seen yeah. before. Uh, so he proposes to this group that they play a new type of game, a game where they won't know if it's real or fake, and it eventually becomes this kind of yeah. high stakes action uh, film whereby they are racing are they racing they're sort of like Who knows? So up it, against a bunch of like um criminals and, yeah and, uh, so he's he's put his car up his sports car up mm. as the prize for the winning the game night and it sort of feels very much like the game the michael douglas sean penn film mm. where it's supposed to be heightened reality yeah and then i think the joke is that they get sucked into it and actually end up embroiled in a criminal endeavor that they're not supposed to be part of. Yeah. And so we're not sure where the game starts and the criminal endeavor ends and neither of the people who are in, like in it, they just sort of think they're going on this sort of weird role yeah, playing yeah. Uh, chase. Uh, it looks all right. Um, yeah. It's, it's, uh, I, I, I'm assuming that it's mostly skewed towards comedy. It's the absolutely. action comedy genre. Yeah. Uh, which you don't necessarily see a lot of these days, do no, you? No. It feels very much like Date Night. Steve Carell, Tina Fey did a, yes. a film where yes. they were like, oh, you know, we're a married, boring couple. We should go out on a, d- a date we never ever get to. And mm. then they get embroiled up in this sort yeah. of like is criminal shooting. Is it from shooting. the makers of that? No, or? it's from the from the guys who brought you horrible bosses. Oh, the guys. The guys who brought you horrible bosses is the way that it's phrased. Yes. Uh, in terms of that, I think it's... Uh, Writer director team mm. uh, Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly. You yes. may recognize John Francis Daly as like this 12 year old kid from the <laughs> TV show Freaks and Geeks yeah. um, with Seth Rogen and James Franco yeah. and a whole bunch of guys that uh, came through that as well. Um, I do like that tagline though from the guys that brought you exactly. some of the film. It doesn't it, specify. It doesn't specify. So it could literally be anyone that worked on that film in any kind of capacity did help to bring that film to fruition. Therefore, if they then decide to work on another film, they are the guys that brought exactly. you... Exactly. I mean, and it's, it's it just has to be two people. Normally it's like from the executive producer of Independence Day. Yeah. But like if it's two of them and one's yeah. the executive producer and one's the writer, it's like, from the guys who brought you... <laughs> and, you know, it's like uh, can be writers, can be directors, can be producers, can be... Caterers. Catering services, all yep. of them. Um, they were all integral in that uh, bringing of that <laughs> film into the, uh, in the public eye. And so... They deserve to be tagged in the mm. credit there. Yeah, it's it's this film is is again one of those kind of fish out of water films whereby characters who don't know this world are thrown into a world of high octane exactly action and, and energy and sort I mean, of coming to terms with like oh that's a real gun yeah and that actually hurts when you shoot me. I mean the, the main Garrett guys are people who play board games every week yeah. Cu- couples who get together is, is a couples film as well so yes. it's it's all about that relationship of you know is this relationship stale and what do we do need to do to breathe life yeah, into yeah. it and you know this this trailer specifically which there was a earlier trailer we watched quite a while ago specifically deals with where Rachel McAdams met Jason Bateman and yeah. how they fell in love and the fact that he's super competitive and then it sort of shows uh, some of the other couples which is one of the guys from mm. um New Girl, who's Winston, he plays Winston in New Girl. I don't know what sure. the actor's name is. He sure. and his couple, and then there's like a really dense and stupid guy where lots of laughs mm. are going to come because he doesn't realize the stakes that they're it's, in. So. It's rat race again, isn't it? Yeah. With violence. 
instead of wholesome hijinks. Yeah, I, I think at least in, in Rat Race, I don't know if this one, the couples are working against one another or um, they're all trying to solve the puzzle. I suppose if there's a prize of um, a sports car, yeah. they, they must have pitched it. But again, the, the trailer doesn't really specify exactly what it is mm. or um, what Kyle Chandler's got himself into or whether it seems like it's criminal enterprise but actually it's just super elaborate like the game yeah, was because so. there are there is a scene later on in that trailer where carl chandler is tied up in a chair uh and looks like he's not um very comfortable with what's yeah. actually happening as if he's lost control of the game but, as well yeah also you do see shots of people getting sucked into jet engines yeah there's that too. and i'm like i don't think you can set up a fake game <laughs> where pe- real life people get murdered well it could be like uh have you seen now you see me I saw the first one. Yep. I did not see the second one. I saw one. the second one, which is horrendous rubbish. Uh, but they try to justify every single moment of impossible magic with some kind of like completely obvious reason for it. So like there's a the, there's a famous scene in the trailer where they jump into a tube um, in LA or New York or something. And then they come at the other end in Shanghai in China. And what's meant to have happened in that journey is they were very quickly put to sleep while they're going through that tube and then while they were asleep, they would cart it off into China and then put back in the tube, into another tube to slide out the other end and then wake up. And so they think that they've gone through one tube and it's it's ridiculous. But this film could potentially do that as well, could try yeah. and justify those kind of really outrageous moments and just say, oh, no, 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 it was just a crash test dummy. A crash or- test dummy who was piloting a motorcycle and <laughs> yeah. driving it it was equipped with ai yeah. and it had hyper realistic skin on it that's and, right yeah and we've put bags of blood in it so when it got <laughs> shot it exploded with those bags of blood yeah or, so, or they reveal like carl chandler is actually a robot instead yeah and it's a whole role reversal yeah kind of thing it's uh, milton bradley's carl chandler <laughs> and, and he is the board game that's that's the big twist that's right yeah it's just one giant ad for the the new latest craze <laughs> hey there's a nice there's a nice thing to do Make a product and then <laughs> and use a film to sell it, like they did for Battleship. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I kind of, I mean, speaking of that, there's a lot of um, the uh, Friday Night Flight cast uh, mm. in this as well. So uh, again, Peter Berg, who did Friday Night Lights and Battleship, likes mm. using the same actors, and there's a few of them showing up here. Uh, yep. So um, it's interesting. What I really like about this film is that there's a clear demographic of who they're aiming for. They're yeah. aiming for sort of. Um, married couples with young kids who don't really get a chance to go out and do high octane adventures yeah. and it's those characters that are being thrown into this world yeah. um, with a little bit of comedy hijinks little bits of film references they talk mm. about how um, Jason Bateman's going to run his car into like the wheel of the plane and Rachel McAdams is like oh just like you did in just like Liam Neeson did in Taken 3 he's like oh did he do that in Taken 3 it's like you know little moments of levity in, yeah. uh, in amongst that action as well so it looks it- like it could be pretty fun there's a nice, actually, there's a scene right at the end of the trailer where Jason Bateman's bleeding uh, and his blood is inadvertently, like, <laughs> dripping onto a small white dog uh, and staining it red. And then he goes to try and clean it up with club soda or something and yeah. ends up just making the dog completely pink. Yeah. And then because the dog's wet, it does the thing where it sort of shakes itself yeah. dry and spreads the blood <laughs> all over everything. I'm like, this is funny. It was like, it's a funny scenario when it's escalating. Yeah. Um, again, I the John Francis Daly who did... Uh, um, and his friend did Bert Wonderstone, which was particularly unfunny, and yep. a few other uh, bits and pieces here and there that yeah. have been a bit hit and miss, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So hopefully this one's a hit. I do like board games myself, so yes. they've, they've they've sort of nailed that. 
We'll see how it goes. Yes, we will indeed. So, trailer two, what's up next? Uh, this is a Netflix film. Yes. Um, we did a, a bit of a Netflix um, a few weeks ago when we looked at Bright. Mm-hmm. Uh, this trailer wasn't out at the time. It's a film called Mute. Um, by writer-director Duncan Jones, yes, uh, son of David Bowie, indeed, and uh, director of Moon. Moon, Source Code, and the horrendous Whoa. World of Warcraft film. Yeah, Moon is such a fantastic film. It really is. It's really, yeah. really well done. Source Code, not so much. Mm. It's an all right film, but its message is kind of mixed, and it doesn't like really. Source Code was before Moon, if I recall. No, no, no. Moon okay. was the first film. Never mind. Uh, yeah, Moon, fantastic concept. Um, very in, a simple concept, but just executed really, really yeah. well. Uh, source code I haven't seen. I'm going to take your word for it. And World of Warcraft, which was trying far too hard to be something that it was never, ever going to be. Yeah. Uh, so, so the basic premise of source code was that um, Jake Gyllenhaal died in a train crash, I think, mm-hmm. and they were like almost died, or was like, and they managed to sort of tap into his memories and yeah, brain, yeah. and then by him tapping into that. He could relive the moment and investigate where the bomb was. Yeah. By obviously he didn't know where it was, but mm. it was sort of like a time travel thing with his memories, and he could then sort of investigate it and relay that information on, so they could use that information to find out what happened. Mm. It was a little bit twelve monkeys in that sort of respect. Yeah. Um. It just it felt like underdeveloped in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh. Where that film was twelve monkeys, this film mute sort of feels like Blade Runner. Yeah. Um. I don't know if it's going to be underdeveloped. It's got Alexander Skarsgård in it. It's got Paul Rudd with a goofy... Moustache. Um, yeah. Great big moustache. It's set in a distant enough future where there's flying cars, yeah. and it looks very much like the streetscape of, of Blade Runner. Yeah. And if you ask us what the film's about... Not a clue. We cannot tell not you. A, not a single clue. So there seems to be a woman with blue hair who is in love with our main character, the, the Alexander Skarsgård, who is mute. He can't speak for some reason. Yep. Not explained why. And then she leaves, and then there's two guys chasing Alexander for reasons. Yeah. Paul and, Rudd's one of them. And Alexander Skarsgård likes to get into fights and punches people, but he yeah. can't do that because he's a bartender in a nightclub. Yep. And blue-haired lady, who may be a robot, and maybe it's a, like a forbidden love between cyborg and human because um, everyone else treats her really badly. Again, yep. No idea. The The trailer's just sort of full of these weird shots of... Um, yeah, it, it's... It, there's a whole bunch of just... Sh- I don't know, is, is this based on something? Is there something I that we're missing no in terms of context? But it's just a whole bunch of shots connected together with yeah. no real story being told exactly and and it looks like that sort of concept artist's wet dream where oh, yeah, yeah. it's just like oh what's a cool weird future fashion that yep. we can do or what's a cool weird future um hairstyle yeah. makeup m- like weird mustache weird cars and yeah. it's all just sort of like let's hire a million concept artists and see what sort of vision of the future yeah, exactly. we can have. it's like let's take the blade runner aesthetic and go ultra vibrant and ultra colorful and make it look real over the top uh, kind of in the same way that the most recent Ghost in the Shell film looked. Um, no real direction in terms of art, but just like every single future trope that you wanted, all there. Load them in, back the truck up, tip it out, and just tip everything onto the set. Um, in terms of what this film is going to be, 
no idea. Absolutely no clue. But it, it is the one thing to take away here is a really big name director yeah. doing a straight to Netflix release. So the same with David Ayer, who did um, Bright, mm. had previously done Suicide Squad and End of Watch and uh, Training Day. Mm. Um, and then we look at Duncan Jones, the last few films, he's got probably budgets of over sort of $200 million. Yeah. Um, now sort of getting straight to Netflix releases it's uh it's a bit of a tr- like big actors big name actors big name directors um rather than you know adam sandler signs an eight movie deal and <laughs> churns out garbage for a couple of years but is apparently that- he's re-signed as well oh netflix have re-signed with adam sandler to, I think, to make more movies i think there so. are a lot of people that watch those films as well just because they're there i, I think i watched i watched like a quarter of like the Ridiculous Six or whatever that... Oh, the Western one. Yeah. I watched all of... Um, he did one with David Spade, uh, which wasn't the worst. And then I watched part of um, True Confessions of an actual assassin or some... Sure. Um, yeah. Whoever Paul Blart Mallcop is, um, <laughs> he was in that one. And, like, I watched it. And I'm like, oh, the first, you know, 20 minutes of this is okay. And then, like, it gets into the... And now the guy who writes about spy thrillers is in a spy thriller. And I'm yeah. just like, oh, God, this is painful. Um <laughs> But, you know... Uh, but I, I kind of look at it the other way in terms of, like, you, you may be impressed that Netflix is getting all these big-name directors and, and directors that have had uh, helmed films with huge budgets. But to me, it seems like Netflix is becoming the, like, um, the salvaging ground for directors that have had films that have flopped massively. That's true. So David Ayer... Um, yeah, you know, his Suicide pre- Squad his was garbage. Suicide Squad was rubbish. And, uh, then, and even Fury before that was very mixed in terms of was reaction. Was that David Ayer, the, yeah, yeah. the tank one? Yes. Okay. Uh, and then you've got um, Duncan Jones, who, you know, Moon, Phenomenal, Source Code, yeah. whatever. Warcraft. Yeah, he's no on the downward slide. Soon enough, M. Night Shyamalan yeah. will be doing a Netflix yeah. film. You <laughs> should see the trajectory of his career. is ridiculous. Like, oh, it yeah. goes Sixth Sense, uh, Unbreakable, <laughs> Signs, Lady in the Water. Yeah. And you look at the IMDBD scores, <laughs> and it's just like 9, 8.7, 8.2, 7.6, 6.5. And then suddenly you start hearing, oh, you're into like, the thr- After Earth. When you get to After Earth. Yeah, yep. it's like, it's, or, and it's uh, a steady decline. But he did that one with James McAvoy, um, Fracture or something like that, sure. last year, which was actually semi-decent yeah but they're the kind of films that don't get any kind of like no one split I actually can't remember what it's called there's something to do with his fractured they don't make a huge impact anymore you know like uh, you know remember when After Signs or after uh, Sixth Sense came out and everyone knew the name M. Night Shyamalan yeah the only reason we all know the name M. M. Night Shyamalan is because of Sixth Sense exactly no one cares and and the happening and sure Mark Wahlberg. It was the trees. The trees were doing it all along. Oh, well, let's um, not talk about signs then. How are they defeated in signs? By water? Yeah. yeah. Two-thirds of the planet covered in a substance that kills them. <laughs> well, I suppose that's the same as War of the Worlds, isn't it? Uh, no, War of the Worlds, they were here all along, buried in the ground, and yet somehow didn't have an immunity to our viruses. Apparently. Uh, that's... Uh, now, you did mention um, that we watched uh, three trailers this week. We did actually yes. watch four. I'm gonna. We were not going to talk about the one called Hereditary, but I really want to touch on it um, slightly yes. for some very good reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically a horror thriller with Tony Collette. Mm. She makes dollhouses. It's kind of creepy. Her mother dies. Yep. She has a creepy looking daughter and it's just super weird and not yep. the kind of film that I like to watch. Nope. But what I really want to talk about this in terms of the trailer... Mm-hmm is the snippets of text that come up during the trailer. Yep. To Because the, obviously the trailer is supposed to be looking nice and creepy and horrible. Yeah. Whereas the Netflix one that we watched, um, uh, Mute, sort of had nothing to tell you what the story was going on. Yeah. This one has those shots of, oh, there's there's a person asleep and they're covered in flies and it's creepy or someone spontaneously um, 
uh, bursts into fire or a bird hits the window and breaks its neck and then the yeah. creepy little girl gets a pair of scissors and cuts off its head and it's mm. all really creepy. But then you have the snippets of text on black sort of come up going, this generation's The Exorcist. Yeah. Um, it'll make your head spin and throw yeah. up just like The Exorcist. So chilling and creepy, you'll have yep. nightmares forever. And like, normally they take like one or two. This one, like between every single <laughs> shot had its yeah. own sort of snippet yeah. and it must have been from the same review because it was just <laughs> comparing it to The Exorcist over yeah, and over again. exactly. It, but it, yeah, to give it context they, they just use those um those cutouts which to- makes me wonder how they got those reviews so did they release this trailer like in that tiny gap between the screening for the press and then the general release because that's the only time they would have got it like usually a lot of um so disney for instance doesn't usually do a lot of press um uh, press airings anymore for their films like so to avoid spoilers yeah right they won't do it for marvel films they won't do it for star wars they'll just say you can review it when it comes out or it's embargoed until it comes out. Whereas this film has like the kind of uh, like notes or the kind of praise written for it that you might see when they've done the Blu-ray release. Yeah, it must it must be an indie film where it's done film festivals, possibly, um, because it doesn't seem like it's a big budget. And you go like, this is the beauty about horror films is that they tend to be shot on quite a low budget and much yeah. lower than other things, and so. In doing so, you don't need the big Hollywood studios behind you. So I no. imagine it's probably done, you know, Toronto Film Festival or something sure. like that. And that's why people have had a chance to see it. And now that it's, you know, got some traction, it's being picked up by um, distributors and put out sort of in a more international capacity. Mm. Uh, whereas, yeah, I mean, obviously things like the Marvel films are always going to have like a international release yeah. and they try and do it simultaneously and things like that. So um, maybe that's where it comes from. Maybe some guy just snuck into the editing room and was like really blown away by it and decided to write some really nice things on his blog. Yeah. And they went, thanks for writing those really nice things on your blog. Yeah. We might actually cut some of those into the uh, into the trailer. Maybe we should do it. Maybe if Let's just start talking about Hereditary. Is yeah. That, yeah. And then hopefully they'll just pick a single sentence from it. Uh, so if you just say like chilling. Yeah, exactly. And then it says, like, uh, MFS down the bottom. Yeah. And people are like, what's what's MFS? And they type it into Google. And because our SEO is really, really bad. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, what comes up? (laughs) No, we're going to... Well, I'll check it later. Uh, But yeah, if we just say, like, chilling, atmospheric, dark. Having said that, I do know if you type in um, movie film studios into Google, Mm -hmm. it comes up with the Wikipedia entry for major film studios. (laughs) And I'm like, what's major film studios? Is that a a competitor? And it's like, no, it's just a list of like Paramount, 20th Century Fox and TriStar and they're the major film studios. I'm like, oh, why did it we're movie film studios. It's like, no, you've got to get better SEO if you want to come up on Google. We'll, we'll be on that list one day once we rebuild, uh, reconquer the Hollywood landscape. Exactly. We'll be on that list above Paramount and above Universal somehow. Because yes. M comes before P and U. <laughs> but not before D, so Disney's always going to be above us. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. we're still hoping they'll buy us out. Um, do we have a, another trailer? We do. The, yes. um, the We watched the Ocean's 8 trailer. Now, this came yes. out a while ago. I've deliberately avoided it mm-hmm. for our um, This Week in Trailers spot. Yes. I do believe you watched it a little bit earlier on. I did. I watched it when it came out. Um, as is probably no secret to anyone that listens to this podcast, both Isaac and I are massive, at the very least, Ocean's 11, uh, 11 fans. Uh, we love the aesthetic. We love the way the film is shot. It's pretty much, at least to me, a perfect film. I don't have any real issues with it whatsoever. It's perpetually entertaining. I can go and watch that film at any point in yes. it and be completely satisfied, unless it's like three minutes after the end credits have rolled. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a perfect film. Um, 
But it's, it's very, very good. And the first time watching it is just one yeah. of the most entertaining movie experiences that oh, I can sure. remember. And obviously, Steven Soderbergh's a great director. Mm. And, is, and like, so we, again, went and watched the trailer for Ocean's Eleven, having watched um, the trailer for Ocean's Eight. Mm. The trailer for Ocean's Eleven is not very good. No. Um, having, but we do know it's going to be a great film. And then it says, you know, from the director of Aaron Brockovich and mm. one other film. I'm like, geez, Steven Soderbergh's done some great films yeah, he has. After, after Ocean's Eleven. So it's, um, it's important to note for Ocean's 8, this is not a Steven Soderbergh film. He produced no. it, uh, but this is directed by... Gary Ross. Gary Ross, who has done... Pleasantville. Yes, uh, Sea Biscuit, and, and, and the Hunger Games, I think the first, Games, Hunger, the first Games Hunger Games film. Uh, and it's it doesn't have... Or it has... I believe Matt Damon is in Ocean's 8, but uh, for the most part... We didn't see him in the he's trailer. He's not in the trailer, but, but I, I know yeah, confirmed. that he's in it. Yep, sure. uh, but as far as I'm aware... Very few other of the main cast from the original films are in this. No, one. Um, and from also what I know, uh, Sandra Bullock's character, who's playing the kind of ringleader of the group this time round, is actually George Clooney's character's sister. Yeah, there's a, there's a moment in the trailer there where James Corden, who was also in this film, goes, "Is everyone in your family like this?" And mm. she kind of smiles and goes, "Yeah, pretty much." Yeah. As if to say, "Yeah, George Clooney's my brother. That's fine." But this is okay. So. I don't know what this film is going to be like. No. I'm, I'm perfectly uh, happy to have another Oceans film because I do enjoy them, even the sequels. Um, I do not enjoy that's any fair. of the other ones, but that's fine. That's fair. I'm I'm perfectly happy. I have no, obviously, no issues whatsoever with it being an all-female cast. I think that's pretty awesome. But from the look of the trailer, it re- you really get the sense that there's too many... Too many times where the characters are directly winking at the audience saying, hey, remember this bit from Ocean's Eleven? Remember that? How good was that? Now we're going to do the exact same thing, only it's not going to have any of the same gravitas as before. It's always, I think it's always problematic. Like this film is going to have so much baggage coming into it that it's going to like have to be twice as good just Mm. to be like half as successful. Uh, It's a bit weird. But I mean, they've got a really great cast. So Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett. Uh, Helena Bottom Carter, Anne Hathaway, Rihanna yeah, is in it. Yeah. I've never seen a good film. Speaking of Peter Berg films, <laughs> Battleship she yeah. was in was pretty bad. She was horrendous in Valerian <laughs> and the City of a Thousand <laughs> Planets. Um, I don't know why they're going to rely so heavily. Uh, Mindy Kaling's in this. I, yes. um, I quite like her, um, her from comedy. The Office and yep. the, the Mindy Project, which, I mean, again, talking about people who like write and produce their own st- stuff. Mm. I, I appreciate that much more than people who sort of just come along and go, here's a script, give me a million dollars, I'll do it. Yeah. And she actually works really, really hard to get um, her stuff out there, which I, I appreciate mm-hmm. quite a lot. I don't know how she'll fare in a somewhat... I, I actually don't really see Ocean's Eleven as being a comedy, but it is it's, in a lot of ways a comedic It is, yeah. It's, it's kind of a, a semi, semi-farce semi uh, I mean, the thing to me with the Ocean's films is that they're just incredibly slick. Yes. They're very cool. Um, and I really hope that that tone is carried over into this new one because to me that's a defining factor. Like the Ocean's Eleven or the Ocean's films, the originals, are so immaculately shot and so beautifully edited and acted in that they're a joy to watch purely for that, um, purely for those reasons. So if Ocean's 8 goes down the path of like winky kind of dumb jokes and like awkward moments between all these characters and this and that it's like well you've kind of lost yeah. the appeal of the series but if it's just a good clever jewel heist yeah um, oh, then it, it should be a great film yeah 
the the director Gary Ross has got four nominations for Oscar nominations. Yes, pretty primarily for um for writing. For writing. Yeah, uh, we, and he hasn't written this one, so I'm like, oh, you know, there's some good um, pedigree there. Oh no, he's not doing the thing that he's <laughs> known for doing. He's directing now. Uh, that's I mean, that's fine. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, uh, we obviously already did our own sort of ancient Egyptian Ocean's Eleven, <laughs> Nile Nine uh, Nine Nile, Nile. Um, <laughs> uh, which you know was uh, quite a successful film. It so was, I mean, yeah. we we have a bit of a, a background there in mm-hmm. uh, in that. Um, sort of style of film, mm. but I mean that slick and we've con come- is really difficult to pull off because yeah. it does really require clever writing and great direction and subtle hints and clues all the way yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, we'll see if you can get the sort of Steven Soderbergh touch without <laughs> Steven Soderbergh actually being there. All right, so they're the trailers that we've looked at this week. I'm sure there's some great ideas in there somewhere that we can pull apart. Yeah. I think before we do that, though, we should go somewhere green i don't think legally we have to be in a green room anymore the no. lawyers aren't really going to pull us up on it because we don't have any lawyers but no. but i mean to me it's just a spiritual home exactly for our films they need to be birthed into the vibrant green that is a green room yeah to that end what i've done is um i've gone to uh the shed outside i've brought with me every single green thing that i own and i've glued it to the walls um, unfortunately, I haven't been able to go out and buy paint yet. So until we do that, we're just going to have to put up with a green room that isn't actually painted green. It'll, it's it'll coated do. In it'll paint, absolutely do. And I think although we don't have the teleporter technology anymore, I do really like that audio sting. I do too. Yeah. And I just I wouldn't mind just sort of listening to it as yep. we walk out into our green shed, All green right. room. Here we go. quite a pleasant stroll it's not bad uh, yeah a nice, nice bit of fresh air to, yeah. to you know get that creative juices flowing yeah, yeah. and definitely not the same sort of torturous screams that we're, we're used to <laughs> with the audio sting all right so what is it in these trailers or which of these trailers do we want to focus on mm. to, to pull apart to unravel mm-hmm. um to, to build our own film out of all right personally Game Night speaks to me. Yeah, I mean, Ocean's Eight is probably the only other clear choice there, and we've mm. already done Nile Nine. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, and I don't think we've actually done like a, a comedy film. I think a lot of our films no. have been very action, serious, right, horror, yeah. sci-fi. Yeah. Be interesting to see what movie film studios can produce in that sort of comedic vein. Indeed. Uh, I mean, are we going to do a comedy action mashup as well, or a comedy something mashup? Comedy action, I think, is where where yep. um Game Night uh fits in. Okay. And um taking the ideas from uh, Ocean's 8 of having that heavy ensemble cast, which yep. is a little bit you know, similar in, in Date Night where you have Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams yep. um, and other recognisable faces. We do the same thing here where it's an action comedy ensemble cast. Yes. The question is like, what's the impetus? And are we doing a fish out of water thing as well? Well, uh, I think more than anything, it needs to be for something mundane. So Date Night, obviously, depending on who you talk to, dates can be relatively mundane. Yeah. Two people go out, have a dinner, yada, yada, yada. Game Night bunch of people come together to play board games there's nothing really action-packed or sort of that would lend itself to be an action-packed kind of film in those scenarios yeah but these films sort of take them and take them into two into different directions so is that something we need to do we need to pull something that is entirely mundane and the first thing that comes into my head maybe because i'm looking at all your books there but <laughs> i want to go like reading club or a book club book club yeah book club is perfect because it has that you know couples mentality we yep. can have it doesn't always have to be couples yep. but you know there's definitely book clubs where um uh 
couples can get involved yes. or one or two other people get um can come through and you can have that ensemble cast there mm-hmm. uh people from different social backgrounds that sort of you know i brought my friend to book club this week yeah um yeah that's 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 great there's a, a social a mundane social yeah, interaction yeah, yeah, yeah. how does it escalate all right i have the i have the idea i have the idea right here uh cult book club cult constantly trying to recruit for new people uh, until they reach enough people to be able to enact their grand plan. I don't know what that grand plan is yet, though. But so the idea is that it's kind of like three people start a book club because they need to recruit people. Uh, they need to recruit enough people into this uh, plan that they have going to, let's say, rob a library of a rare book. All right. So I'm, I'm thinking we, we go actual cult, right? So yeah, okay, there yeah. is there is like a book of power or like, you know, like a Necronomicon sort of sure, thing. Yeah, yeah. And this cult is trying to get their hands on it. Yep. We have a couple who's just new in town. Yeah. They've had to leave their old book club behind yep. and are looking to ju- join a new book club yeah. and somehow mistakenly join <laughs> what they think is a book club, but is actually a cult yeah. who's trying to get them sell their yeah. hands I on a book it. of power. Yeah. Because it's that perfect kind of fish out of water, what's going on exactly. kind of thing. And I think what they should have, what should happen is they they think they're going through some kind of small town initiation exactly. ceremony for this particular book club. Um, in that, uh, let's say like they ask them, like the book club asks them to prove their worth yeah. by acquiring a particular book or a particular edition of a book, and so they kind of try yeah. and do that. Maybe they so like they hit up Am- like there's a couple of scenes of like hitting up Amazon. They're like, oh, I can't yeah. find this edition, and then they find out that it's sort of like uh, cataloged away in a like <laughs> in small the, town library. Exactly, somewhere. you know, in the the, uh, the basement of the Catholic Church. Yeah, it's <laughs> sort of like you know private reading. You're yeah, not, yeah. not supposed to get through. There's there's elements of Da Vinci, da Vinci Code, Code yep. of national treasure yep, for sure. I kind of feel very sort of like you know. Stepford Wives or Pleasantville kind of vibe here, yep, where it is yep. a small town, everything sort of seems normal, yep. but there's this undercurrent of. Oh, I don't, I don't yeah. know if we go with this actual sort of supernatural. Are they mm-hmm. trying to open up like demon portals into the world? Is it that kind of. I, I think so. I think we need to take a leaf out of the Ghostbusters slash Indiana Jones playbook in that 90% of the film is just can happen to anyone yeah. but then there's that last 10% yeah. where it's just like oh okay there are supernatural powers or there are ghosts or there are uh, religious artifacts that will go through your eyes yeah. and burn your soul so in that respect mm. there's so the, our main couple who are fish out of water yep. there's the cult group yep. but then there's also people who have infiltrated the cult yeah. group who are actual sort of like demon hunters yep. who are cultist hunters who are trying to get to the <laughs> bottom of it yes. and this is like sort of a twist halfway through where yeah, these yeah, guys yeah. are revealed to be uh you know your van helsing types <laughs> who are then sort of masquerading as small yeah. town book club I, um, uh, yeah i love the idea that those demon hunters don't know what side of the fence those the new couple stands on yeah and they're not actually aware that the couple has no idea what's going on <laughs> they think that it's an ordinary book club uh great i'm i'm, <laughs> I'm on board with this I'm one as well. really loving I, this I'm a, I have i have this this bit in my head where friend their friends from their old town come to visit to yeah, join yeah, the book yep. club as well and the, this is where we start building up the ensemble yeah, cast because yeah, yeah. you have the the actual couple you have the um demon hunter couple mm. you have the friends from out of town who come to visit sort of couple yeah, yeah. you have the devout cultists um yeah. uh, people in there as well <laughs> yeah. and it all starts escalating are, are we gonna sort of delve a little bit more into the mythology here is it going to be like a cthulhu thing or is it going to be like a catholicism uh angels and demons thing is it going to be more like there's there was a book uh, not a book a movie that came out a while ago 
and I can't remember the name of it. It had uh, Aubrey Plaza and a few other people in it who they were live action role playing. Yep. And they, they as a prop, they got them their hands on a um, a book that sort of actually summoned a demon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and that sort of uh, they they went for a very D and D aesthetic where yeah. there's like lots of fantasy creatures which could come through there. Mm. Um, it could be it could be anything. I, I really like the idea of Cthulhu because I don't think we've had a good Cthulhu film in quite a while. Yeah. And to me, like Cthulhu is the sort of granddaddy of mythical, yeah, uh, nasties. HP uh, Lovecraft. It's got that very sort of intense um, sanity and, and yeah, insanity yeah, yeah. and blurring the lines between you know what is real and what's not real. Yeah. And then you sort of have like these Cthulhu cultists. And maybe we, we actually base the book club like they join a book club. Yeah. And it's like oh, it's, it's very HP Lovecraft theme. That's Heavy, a little yeah, bit yeah. sort of strange. I mean, his yeah, his writings author. are. I mean, he's he's overtly racist if you've um if you've ever actually read some of the poems that he's written um is just absolutely horrific yeah yeah uh so maybe we take this opportunity to tear him to shreds as well um maybe they're trying to summon they're trying to summon a hp lovecraft (laughs) back using like a summoning ritual and uh yeah uh, yeah. that's not that's not a bad thing and then we can actually sort of take the opportunity to have like the the final climactic scene be our guys just wailing on this um (laughs) horrifically racist uh, author whose work is somewhat celebrated but um, yeah. as a person was just not particularly nice. Okay, great. Um, yeah, okay. So we so we assume that H.P. Lovecraft is actually a mythical figure as well. Exactly. He uh, developed the power. Let's say, so he wrote one last manuscript before he died and I use died in inverted exactly. commas because he didn't die. He just left the astral plane. Exactly. Um and he wrote one last manuscript, which was sort of in secret and hidden in a basement somewhere. Yeah. For, how long has he been dead for? I want to say I'd, hundreds. No, no. Uh, he, he was writing in like the, the 20s and 30s, okay. I think. So not not that long. Well, a while. And, and we'll do some research, just Wikipedia, what, sure. what sort of town he was born in yep. and lived in and died in. We sort of yep. set it roughly around there. I, I'll say Arkansas. That's a Yeah, that sounds about town. right. That's yeah. a, a state. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure there's a, there's a town in Arkansas. It's hard, man. I've been Little, in Hollywood for Little too many Rock? years. Little Rock. Little Rock. No, Arkansas? I don't. I don't think that's in Arkansas. But whatever. No, it is. I'm sure it is. Uh, whatever. Well, well, we don't actually have to make it up. These facts actually exist. <laughs> what we pretend is that the the mythos that he wrote, pretending yeah. it was fiction, was actually sort of all non-fiction. Yeah. And he was trying to harness the power of the ancients or yeah. yada yada, summon Cthulhu, yeah. whatever you want to happen in there. And so we have this sort of like yeah, uh, Cthulhu book club <laughs> that these people get involved in and tied up in. And, yeah. So and it all sort of just burns, you know. I, I think, like, our hapless couple as well, like, in their previous town had sort of become really fed up with, like, the Jane Austen book club. And, exactly. And, like, the Oliver Wilde book clubs and just, like, they wanted something a bit more spice to it. Oliver Wilde? Uh, uh, Oscar Wilde. I think I actually have a book by an Olivia Wilde. No, Olivia <laughs> Wilde, someone else entirely. It's an actor, isn't it? Yeah, too many people with the last name I think Wilde. we need to cast her. Okay, well, there you go. She's, Olivia Wilde, cast she can number be, one. She can be, like, uh, one half of the partner of the couple that joins the book club. The Our main couple or the Demon Hunter couple? Because uh, she's pretty badass. She could be she Demon, be Hunter, Demon Hunter, Hunter couple. couple yeah. um, so, okay, okay if, we, if she's one half of the Demon couple, who's her significant other? Um, uh, well, I mean, could be anyone. Could be. Could be anyone. Uh, for Maggie Gyllenhaal just sort of popped into my sure. head. Yeah. Um, I think they'd make a pretty badass yeah, uh, yeah. demon hunting yep. team. yep. And um, I think the best thing about them as well is that they would look relatively unassuming in exactly. terms of like being a just a normal couple going out doing couple things. Um, you wouldn't necessarily look at them twice and go, "There's something weird about them." Yeah, no. until until they sort of have that um, 
to they're their, wearing bandoliers yeah. full of yeah. like <laughs> trench know, coats and yeah and trench coats and bandoliers and firing crossbows <laughs> that have like holy water or I don't know how it all why works. would they be wearing bandoliers and firing crossbows because the bandoliers instead of having bullets have like these like <laughs> tiny little vials of ah, liquid okay. that are yep. like you know this one you know if, if it hits a tentacle monster <laughs> sure. and it's an abomination in its head will se- I, I, summon I it thought, send it back to the nether yeah, realm okay. I thought you'd meant a meant a bandolier full of like actual arrows in them like that's not no. really practical <laughs> no exactly no these 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 are little glass files and they sort of okay. like you can swap yeah. them out on the arrowheads and instead of sure. like because you know you know physical damage doesn't yeah. deal these night terror no. things quite as much you need to hit them with like righteous um, objects of yeah. power and holy water and yeah and that kind of I've stuff. never read a HP Lovecraft book <laughs> I, like having spoken about uh, game night i've played quite a lot of board games <laughs> yes. that are lovecraft themed yes so it kind of you know bodes well that uh the only knowledge <laughs> is based on board games i'm sure that like we will have a research t- oh it's we fine. don't have a but research like, team anymore well, that's fine. it's just we the two of us again we, we don't need it we, yeah it's like, a, a screw it like so much of this film is rooted in fact that exactly it's just, we're just tacking on a little bit of extra to the, all the fact so all the research is done hit up wikipedia load up that article on hp lovecraft you're done yeah we're just tacking on a slight addendum to the end of it saying oh by the way he wasn't writing fiction it was all non-fiction and also he hasn't died he's just busy elsewhere yeah. at the moment um okay so we've got our Demon Hunter cast. Yep. Um, what we need then is a couple of cult members, and we also need, obviously, our hapless couple who have just moved to town yeah. and have joined the HP Lovecraft We can club. do um, what Game Night's done with Jason Bateman and Picker, mm-hmm. a reasonably well-known comedic actor, comedic actor from, yep. a, from a, a sitcom. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no one who really sort of springs to mind, to be honest. Oh, with- to, I immediately thought of Will Arnett. Yeah, I mean, we can't just but, take all. I think Will Arnett would probably make a better cultist in this film. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think he'd be a great, a great addition. To, but like, with that sort of like that fake smile, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and uh, like, it's like, oh, he kind of seems friendly, but like when you look a little bit closer, it's mm. kind of a little bit creepy. Yeah, um, that's not too bad. Yeah, uh, there haven't been a really a lot of really good sitcoms for the last couple of years no. to, to draw people from. Like, uh, well, I mean, thinking of the sitcoms that I like, Thirty Rock, The Office, yeah, um. Veep. Can't, Veep was great. We can't we can't get Tina Fey in. She's already done date oh, yeah, night and yeah. this is loose. What about what about Veep? Why don't we get Julia Louis Dreyfus? Yeah. That's possible. Again, I, I know she did a sketch with uh, Amy Schumer where they're talking about there's a certain oh, okay. age where um women get to where they're not cast as sort of like, you know, sexy lead roles yep. anymore. And she's probably like I don't know. I kind of see him maybe more as like the Catholic priest in the church. Okay, yeah. Um in, in this sort of scenario. Sure. Um, well, that, uh, yep. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I, I keep shooting down all the people that you su- suggest for <laughs> for the lead roles here. Uh, we could get um John Krasinski, right? Oh uh, yeah, from the office. Yeah. Yep. Why not get her and Emily Blunt? And Emily Blunt. I, like the real life couple, very very fun. Yeah. They do the whole. So they've got the prank war going on with uh, Jimmy Kimmel. So, yep. and I don't think they've actually been in a film together. No, they haven't. No. Maybe not. I think this could be the perfect time to to yeah. roll them out. Yeah. Um. And I mean, like we had the, I mean, speaking of Will Arnett, um, when he and Amy Poehler were together, they used to do a lot of films together. Um, they did that Blades of Glory film. Yeah, they, they were, were in Blades of Glory. Brother yeah. and sister. Um, so why not bring back the tradition of casting husband and wife Are you trying to get in Amy Poehler yes, cast as yeah, a Will Arnett? That's going to yeah. be a tough get. There's going to have to be some contract negotiations, but <laughs> they've always worked well together. Just that because they've you know since got divorced yeah. shouldn't be a barrier to no, trying that's to... Fine. Worse comes to worse. I, I have learnt enough from when we used to have workshops 
uh, the digital workshop and the um, practical workshop, uh, workshop, I know enough about comping things together on green screen. So if worse comes to worse and uh, Will Arnett and Amy Poehler won't work together on the same set, we'll shoot exactly. them separately. We'll, we'll Winklevoss them. Yeah, and, and then, yeah, we'll yeah. just comp them together in post. That's yep. fine. I can knock that out. Do we in, tell in a them that they're playing a married couple, or do we just say, "Oh, Amy, you're you're the the main villain, cult leader, yeah. bad person in yeah. the film," and then we get Will in separately? It was like, <laughs> "Will, you're the main villain, evil cult guy leader." It's like, should I step on this mark? It's like, no, no. See the X next to oh, that mark. I, That's d- your mark. I have, bit, I have an even greater idea as well. Give them the same script as well yep. so they're saying the exact same lines and then we'll overlay oh the two of them God. together it's, it's that shining yeah. we hope you never leave yeah. never leave and you have that sort of echo of like yeah. Yeah, them saying the same words at the That's same right. time yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's super creepy and like because they're sort of just staring blankly ahead and at, like to the side as well because there's no one there exactly <laughs> um, it'll look great it will look f- fantastic yeah, yeah. yeah I like Perfect. that uh, so I think there's only one more cast member to cast, and that is like when I'm assuming, spoiler alert, that H.P. Lovecraft does come back. Absolutely. So the 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 hapless couple, uh, John Krasinski, uh, Krasinski and Emily Blunt, actually do accidentally bring back H.P. Lovecraft. So we need an actor who has the gravitas, the the um, the seriousness, and the uh, I guess the world weary kind of persona to portray H.P. Lovecraft. See, I don't actually know what H.P. Lovecraft looks like. I'm going to look it up and then try and say like the first actor that comes in my mind okay. who has the same sort of facial features. Having said that, Gary Oldman has just played <laughs> Winston Churchill yes. and Gary Oldman looks nothing yeah. like Winston Churchill and yeah. through the magic of prosthetics, yeah. they've managed to... Uh, um, do something to him. Yeah. Uh, Gary Oldman doesn't look like Gary Oldman any time you play some film. No, he is so versatile. Nicolas Cage. <laughs> really? Uh, not not a lot, but enough that I can... F- I feel as oh, though yeah, that yeah. the H.P. Lovecraft oh, is sure. going to be so manic and so wild and yeah. so out there. And obviously we're trying to, to show that um, this character of H.P. Lovecraft trying to embrace these... Uh, eldritch powers yeah. has so overwhelmed him that he's mm. so manic and not human anymore yeah. and that's just like we don't even need to give uh, <laughs> Nick Cage any directions he'll just gonna, uh, act that way anyway I was gonna say the only direction we do need to give Nicolas Cage we can just say you know how some directors might say watch these films or watch this video or whatever to get a, an idea of what we're coming at what we'll do is we'll get the one that video on YouTube which is just a super cut of <laughs> Nicolas Cage's craziest moments in acting and say this is what we want you to do and just show him a video of himself doing some of the most bizarre acting I've ever seen and just say we want that yeah. every single second that you're on screen for um, and then let him go let him go nuts let him loose perfect we won't even write a script for him I don't think no I don't just think so just let him improv his yeah. way through it I, I really hate when they do that in but in films but they're like trying to improv jokes this H.P. Lovecraft is just painfully not funny yeah. he's just manic and weird yeah. and he's only really in it for that little bit where they manage yeah, yeah, to yeah. summon him back and yeah. um uh, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt and Maggie Gyllenhaal mm. and Olivia Wilde have to uh, have to sort of take him down, send him back. Yeah, and yeah. It's, yeah it's, I suppose it's that. Will our hapless couple ever realize what they've done, or is it just going to be like right at the end? They just think, oh, great special effects or something. No, I think uh, there's there's definitely a point there where oh, they're they just sort of like, oh, you know, this is just like a, a fun little sort of thing with the additional research yeah, for the books, and then and then when they actually see the the. The Elder sign Cthulhu craft Create a yeah. 
portal to the <laughs> nether region or the nether region i don't know. i don't think that's what the, ne- the nether world perhaps yes, nether world's probably what i'm going for but nether region could be it's hp lovecraft's nether region <laughs> exactly um yeah that's a great you know there's a great world of mythology to draw upon yeah. there and and w- um, is it is it in public domain now um i don't know what public domain is like 50 years after the author's death so yeah, that's, that's probably yeah. it's probably getting up there. Yeah, that's um that's a really good point. Again, yeah. I wouldn't have thought to to check. Normally, yeah. our lawyers do all that. Well, but again, given in these le- uh, you know slightly more skint times for us, yeah, we really have to be careful with how yeah. much money we spend. Um, and uh, yeah, this film won't really cost us that much. No small town. I mean, like Sam Raimi and those guys, they yeah. went out in the woods and shot on a really low budget. Mm. I think we can probably find a, yeah. uh, Peter, a Peter Jackson shot Frighteners in New Zealand, and yeah. that was like, and he did even did Brain Dead on a yeah, less yeah. budget. So we we find a tiny little town. Um, we get all of the townsfolk to be extras. Mm. We, I mean, we know Nick Cage will just be in just anything. It, yeah. we, where it costs that much. Yep. Um, uh, we, I'm sure we can get the other guys in for for not a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, well, look, we get John Krasinski in, and he'll. Yeah, I mean, Emily Blunt's just probably going to show up to set every day anyway, <laughs> yeah. just to see how it's going. Yeah. And again, we just say, oh, you know, just you can. We, we framed it so you're not actually in shot, Emily. So feel free to just sort of sit there and talk to your husband if you want to. And then we secretly widen the shot out, and she's in the film too. We don't even have to pay her. <laughs> We we have learnt so much from that film, uh, Bowfinger. Bowfinger, it is it is the movie <laughs> film workshop manual on how to not not uh, get away with uh, making films with high end Hollywood actors yeah, and actresses we- <laughs> without having to pay them. Um, uh, okay, one last thing before we close up this session, uh, we need a name for this. We do film. need a name for the film. Um, I like, I mean, you know, date night and um and. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, uh, game, game night. Game night. Yeah, they have a night there. Yeah. I, I'm not really. I, I like that sort of like book club. Book club. I think book club's probably good yeah. enough for it. I mean, it doesn't really sell the whole thing. Um, there's there's like maybe another qualifier in there as well mm. that. Uh, um, uh, see, okay. So the initial thing that I had was you take, you know how you have crosswords. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's book club, but then you use the C from club and do a down. Or an up-down uh, thing that says an Lovecraft. acrostic. Yeah. Oh right. So you use the C from club to make up the word craft of Lovecraft and have that going vertically. Lovecraft book club. You see, you're doing design aesthetics. So I'm just trying to think it's of all the words good. itself. No. Um, book craft. No. Book cra- craft club. Love book. <laughs> craft look book club love craft <laughs> i think i think we actually kind of nailed it with book club <laughs> yeah. i think uh, the, the, we're trying it has to, to be book club trying to overcomplicate it so yeah. much again as much as you know some of these you know cretation and the seed of life which yeah. is just sort of like perfect sci-fi names yep, yep. what we're going for is that simple you know middle-aged not middle-aged but sort of like new parent couples mm. want to go see a film um, they see action comedy. Mm. It's called book club. They go, this is going to be nice and yeah. wholesome. If you go love craft book club. <laughs> yeah, it's too craft, obscure. Like people it's are like, I'm not really sure what's going much, on. Yeah. It's too much. Just keep it nice and simple. The, two words, it's, it's book the, club. It says, it does what it says on a tin kind of approach. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Like that's what we want. Keep it simple. Um, if we complicate things, we're going to run into the exact same situation that we had before and that we're going to have to hire a thousand lawyers. Exactly. And then they're eventually going to oust us because that's just what they do. Yeah. I think that's a wrap. That is. That's that a is wrap indeed. On book club. Yeah. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. Yes. Housekeeping. Uh, we are on the internet, believe it or not. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we have a website, moviefilmstudios.net, where you can find 
all of our previous episodes, some bios of us and some other little bits and pieces that yeah. are being constantly added to it. Exactly. Uh, I think this will be the official start of season two. Yes, so uh, all the other episodes, one to 20, I believe we got mm-hmm. up to. We'll be in uh, in season, season one, one yep. and uh, season two uh, begins today. We'll see how that goes. We'll see how long season two lasts for. We yep. may, who knows? We may break back into a, a different market <laughs> and uh, and change the format again. Or yeah, be, that's right. Who knows? Who yeah. knows if we'll be make, we may making become, movies by season three? No, we may just be making like movie quote movie review quotes that they put exactly. onto the film trailers, and that's it. Single word quotes. <laughs> Stunning. I mean, we need some for the for the um, we will yeah the book club uh, the book club trailer. trailer. Yeah. So I mean, we'll have to come up with. Some eventually yep. and maybe we'll just you know invite some people around for a book club or we'll read a really good book <laughs> and then they'll, we'll ask them what they thought about that good book and we'll yes. just take all the positive praise yep. and say they were talking about book, book club, club yeah and we'll just paste it in there that's fine there's nothing legally problematic about that at all <laughs> uh we are on facebook you can find us um by searching for movie film studios yep. we're on twitter we're at movie film studio um I'm tempted to sell off more letters from that as well so we can get some money back. I'm yeah. happy to be movie film studie um, <laughs> if well, someone wants to buy the O. Yeah, we'll continue to do the um, the emoji clues. Yes, uh, a little bit more difficult with the trailers, but obviously when we focus on the one game night. Mm-hmm. So for all of you who guessed correctly, game night. Uh, this week, congratulations. We'll probably also put links up to the trailers that we've watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a little bit hard in the past, I imagine, for people who haven't seen the films that yeah. we've been talking about to take two hours out of their day <laughs> to actually go and watch Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles <laughs> and then at the end go, why, oh, why did I spend two hours of my day watching that? Um, this time around, we'll probably put the links up for the, yeah, the for three sure. or four trailers that yep. we end up watching each week. Watch and so you can spend you know 15 minutes <laughs> getting up to speed if you really want to. Yep. Uh, a lot less homework to do there. Indeed. Uh, and as per usual, you can find us on any place that you download podcasts from so be that itunes or be that soundcloud sure no we're not on soundcloud, we're not on SoundCloud? No. what about stitcher i've heard i've heard people I say itunes soundcloud and stitcher on other podcasts <laughs> and i just assumed that we were there on all of them uh we're not but, on soundcloud stitcher i have no idea yeah, uh, podbean podbean's where podbean we're, is where we're on yes uh stitcher i don't know yeah that's all right it's, I mean, just search in any podcast app for sure. Movie Film Studios. If it's not there, then it's a second-rate app and you should go get a better one. <laughs> exactly. Uh, on that note. Yeah, I think uh, all that remains is to thank you all once again for listening to our podcast. I've been Isaac. And I've been AJ. Roll credits. Roll credits.